11-24. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This is the word of God. Good morning, church. Uh, so today is Father's Day, and um, um, those who are wondering what did the gift, what gift did the fathers receive? We received a personalized keychain with our photographs on it. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, the Women's Fellowship, for thinking of it and giving this uh, Father's Day feel uh, today morning. Uh, as we start, uh, as we are celebrating Father's Day, uh, many of us might be here. Uh, who might for whom today might be a very emotional day i think we started off uh, seeing uh, sister vasundra sharing about a letter that her dad wrote to her the last letter that she her dad wrote to her and for many of us who might have lost fathers uh, who might have a difficult relationship with our father or maybe a father who has a difficult relationship with children today might not be a great day or a good day for you uh, but I hope and pray that as we meditate on this uh, Sunday, on this verse no. from the Bible, that God will heal those wounds. God will reveal his father's character so that none of us who are worshipping today here uh, will be uh, leaving from here without a father character of a father in the character of God and himself. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day that you have given us a day uh, where we could come and worship, a day where we could remember uh, our fathers, a day where we could celebrate fatherhood, and a day where we can uh, 
thank you for all that you have done for us lord lord we uh, lord i ask uh, for your presence in the in, in in our midst as we as we meditate on your word lord cover me with your presence so that the words from this pulpit are edifying for this church and let you name be let your name be glorified in all things uh, that are said from here lord lord i once again commit all of us into your hands i ask this prayer in the name of the lord and savior jesus christ uh, one of the greatest joy uh, in my life uh, in addition to being a husband to my wife lindsay and a child of god is being a father to my son uh, rafael um, i remember the time when he was born it was covid time and we were in uh, cmc and i had the privilege of being at the maternity ward inside as a special room was there and from the time he was born i think within minutes i could see him i could uh, take him in my arms and uh, fatherhood i think the fatherhood in itself gives you that instinct i think god has put an instinct in us that when you hold a child who's your own child you get a sense that uh, whatever happens to him that you will be there for him and you you feel that he, uh, whatever uh, maybe happens this is my child and i should be there for him and when i think many of the fathers would agree that when your little one or your son or daughter is sick you feel that sometimes you feel that or oh, if ever i could take this disease or this illness from him and if if it was for my if i could uh, handle that on my my body what uh, that would be better than my seeing my child suffer an illness isn't it and i think that's an instinct that god has put in fathers uh, so that they can uh, they can show that love to him love to their sons and uh, to their uh, daughter and in that moment i think that's when i remember like how god in his great mercy in his great uh, in his great uh, uh, grace he was able to let go his only begotten son to go on a cross for ourselves for us and his only son he could send him to the cross uh, his only uh, begotten son for us and our sake and his uh, his love an abounding love uh, uh, agape love is, is shown in that he is able to send his son on a cross for us so that we can restore our relationship uh, with him i too had a father uh, two years back i lost him happy father's day dad and i'm grateful for uh, the, all the teachings that he had given me especially for showing uh, christ and especially for teaching me how to follow uh, in christ's footstep and whatever it may come but it's not the case with every one of us every one of everyone in the world the, the it is said that currently there is an epidemic of fatherlessness that is increasing if we can go to the next slide there are some stats uh, on the screen uh, increasingly we see lot of lot of people uh, missing their fathers uh, fathers uh, fathers presence in their home today in india there are 1.3 crore children who don't have a father either through uh, either because of an absent father through death divorce or because uh, their fathers have moved away from home or there are 31% in india one in almost one in three children who don't who who live in a house where there is domestic violence they live they don't have a good figure or a role model father to see and who can who can uh, who can show them the correct way and um, uh, coming to the right side of the data where there are i think little more countries where do uh, where they do little more data analysis we could see figures of uh, in the cases of suicides 63% of of those who commit suicide according to the us data is those who didn't have a father 
or if, if, they, if you see the prison data, 70% of the juveniles who were in prison in US at a point of time, 70% didn't have a father's figure. Father may be absent or maybe walked away from home. And 75% of uh, children in chemical abuse centers lack a father role model, a father figure at home. And that's the importance of father, a father who is, who is able to show you who, the way, who is able to launch you into the world, who will be able to correct you, discipline you, a good father who is taking care of you. And many of us might be missing uh, uh, such fathers, and many in the world are missing such uh, fathers. Uh, the next slide talks about uh, there are seven types of fathers that Louis Gigillo talks about in his books, Never Forsaken. And the first father, according to uh, this book, Never Forsaken, is an absent father. An absent father is the one who might, uh, who might, have, uh, who might have passed away due to death or who might have got a divorce and walked away, who is in a dis dysfunctional uh, family. The second father that we see here is an abusive father a family where a father is maybe uh, is the cause of abuse, maybe physical abuse, maybe uh, emotional abuse, or, or even maybe uh, sexual abuse. Uh, the third uh, category of fathers or dads are performance-based uh, fathers. Performance-based fathers are those fathers whose love for you is dependent on your performance. If you do well in your studies, maybe they love you. If you do according to their word, they will love you. If you don't obey, if you don't perform to their standards, uh, their love is not there for you. The fourth father is the passive father. Passive fathers are there in their house. They are there in your house, but they don't mingle with each other. Maybe uh, they feel that they are not in the right family or they don't care whatever happens in the lives of their uh, wife or their children. And, and they are called uh, the passive father. The, four, uh, the fifth one are antagonist fathers. Antagonist fathers are those who seem to be always uh, opposing you who are, seems to be in a competition with you. He, he, you will never become like what I expected out of you. You are, you are good for nothing. They keep on putting you down and it seems that uh, they are in a competition uh, with you and they are opposing your views. And the last one is, I think many of us or some of us had the privilege of having uh, it called the empowering father. Empowering fathers are those who discipline us, who who show us the way on which we need to go, who are there for us uh, when we needed them, maybe who visited us during the sports day, who came for your performances, and who, who, who are there, whatever maybe you, and their, their love for you is not dependent on, on, on your performance, and they are the one who stand for you. And I think we need to remember that he, whatever type of fathers that we might have had, and whatever dads that we might have experienced, but uh, if we go to the next slide, maybe I'll read this out. We need to remember that God is not the reflection of our dad, but he is the perfect version of our dad. So we need to remember that this Father's Day, that God is not a reflection of whatever dad that I might have in home, but he is the perfect version of our dad. And that is why it is important, if we go to the next scripture passages, knowing, knowing God as a father, it changes everything in our lives. And if we see the next slide, God reveals to us in Old Testament his character of how he is as a father figure. As we see him uh, working through uh, the, uh, the Israelites, taking them out of Egypt, and in their history we see God showing his father uh, figure himself. And there are verses in Bible which talks about how God, uh, how father God is compassion, has compassion on his children so that uh, as a father has compassion on his children, so the father uh, has uh, as uh, so the Lord has compassion on his 
children. And it also talks about the Lord disciplines uh, those he loves, just as the Father who delights in. So God is a compassionate God as well as a God who disciplines. And that's revealed in character of God in the Old Testament where we see God being compassionate, God being uh, God disciplining him as well. I think many of us had such dads who were compassionate, but as well as who were stern with their discipline. I think maybe some of us back then in our teens, if you remember, if you had such a dad, uh, who have discipline would have said something like this you will thank me for this later or you will thank me this after a few years and maybe some of us might have responded in your dreams and today when i look back uh, i think uh, those were the times uh, which of discipline which has molded and shaped many of us who are here in this church and we thank god for such dad who are compassionate and not overly compassionate but also disciplined and stern in whatever is required of them uh, secondly, we also see in Jesus' teaching, in the New Testament itself, 189 times in the first four gospel itself, Father Jesus addresses the Father, or he addresses God as Father, and that's a very important uh, weightage given to uh, the, father, uh, the relationship of Father in the New Testament itself. And when Philip asks Jesus, show us the Father, Jesus replies to him saying, I am the father and you have not known me since uh, even though I am with you for long. And very importantly, when, Jesus, when, Philip, uh, when the disciples come and ask uh, of Jesus, teach us how to pray. So that is uh, in Old Testament, you see uh, uh, people praying to God, people worshiping God. But when they ask, come and ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. What is his response? You should pray in this way. Our Father in heaven. He talks, he teaches us that our relationship with our God is not of a boss or of is it's not of a boss and a worker, but he is a father. He is a relational God, and we need to teach him. Uh, we need to learn to worship him as a father. In addition to being a king, a God Jesus himself teaches us that he is a father to us. And in the same way, in Matthew uh, five sixteen. He talks about, uh, let your light shine upon others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So God, Jesus himself places weightage on addressing uh, God as Father. And I think uh, A.W. Tozer says that the view of God that you have among you leads to leads or builds your worship towards him and if we have a flawed understanding of god how do i relate to my god is he a king is he a, uh, a is he a, a boss how do i worship how do i uh, relate to him and i think one of the thing that jesus teaches clearly in, his, in the gospel is addressing our god as our father as a father figure who is important for us and who is who is there for us and lastly if we turn to the uh, book of Romans, uh, let me read a few verses from here. Romans 8. Romans 8, reading from verses 14. So we saw how Father revealed to us uh, his character of fatherhood in Old Testament. We saw how Jesus taught us the importance of fatherhood when we pray. And uh, now in Romans 8, uh, reading from verses 14, the Spirit testifies, uh, for those who are led by Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in, for, live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about you your adoption to sonship. 
and by him we cry abba father the spirit himself testify with our spirit that we are god's children the spirit testifies that we are children of god and through our faith in god and through the salvation that we receive uh, we do indeed receive everlasting life but much more than that i think we receive this relationship with him as father and the spirit reminds us god puts his spirit into us and it reminds us that we are related to him as father and uh, we are uh, god's chosen people now that is jesus as his begotten son and we are as an adopted or sons who are adopted by him chosen specifically for this purpose and we have the right if you see this verse um, 15 again the uh, the spirit that you received does not makes you slave so that you live in fear again a spirit that god has put us inside us is not a spirit of fear or not help not allow, not making us to live in fear but a spirit that helps us uh, uh, that uh, that uh, we are uh, the uh, the spirit that brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father a spirit that gives us a right gives us a sense to call our father and address him as father and that is what the spirit also testifies so you see there is ample amount of biblical uh, evidence of god wanting us to address him as father and jesus teaching us of addressing god as father and spirit testifying also that through salvation through the faith on him we are able to call him as uh, call him as and address him as uh, father there's another small passage uh, that we'll uh, quickly look into if you could turn with me to uh, psalm 68 psalms uh, 6 psalm 68 uh, reading from verses 5 it talks about the wonderful character that god has of uh, uh, verses 4 sing to god sing in praise to his name extol him who rides on clouds what a mighty god we have like he rides on clouds he is his name is to be praised he is uh, he is his uh, riding on cloud and it says rejoice before him his name is uh, his name is the lord and then it follows up saying a father to the fatherless a defender of widows is god in his holy dwelling um, i'm not sure whether we had all of us might have had an empowering dad whatever type of dad we had but god is reminding us today that he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows and i think this assurance in his words on being a father to the fatherless and being a defender of widows gives us that uh, gives us that right that we call him in prayer as father and reach out to him in a way that we are able to uh, recognize as a son or daughter uh, to our god and uh, to our god uh, god as such coming back to our passage uh, today's uh, scripture is uh, taken from uh, the the famous uh, parable and we often call this parable uh, as the prodigal son um, and i looked up uh, the meaning of prodigal for long i had been thinking prodigal as maybe a bad son or maybe a lost son uh, but i i when i was uh, doing the study i figured out ki prodigal means if you go to the next the definition of prodigal prodigal is lavishly uh, or wastefully extravagant lavishly or wastefully extravagant and i think it defines uh, quite well 
the nature or the character of sun, isn't it? The son was the son in this story. Uh, he took the wealth from his dad. He took the inheritance from this dad, and he wasted it. Uh, he he took uh, and it talks about that. Uh, if you come to this passage, uh, he it's in in verses thirteen. It says, "Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living." And it kind of defines what the uh, uh, younger son did. But also, I, some, I feel that this verse also des describes the love of the father as such. You see in the verses uh, at the end of the passage when we see, when the son returns to him, the father lavishes upon him things uh, that an uh, earthly father might not do. A uh, father gives him the best robe. He has a fattened calf, uh, uh, fattened calf uh, for feast. He gives him sandals. He gives him ring. And God lavishes lavishes his love upon him the father lavishes upon his love upon his son who has just written after squandering his wealth and that's what i think the very nature of god as we are reminded in bible that he is love he is love irrespective of uh, of uh, of your of your uh, sin that you have been through he is able to show you and accept you as his son and daughter john 1 first uh, john uh, 3 1 it talks about see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God he's not a God who is stingily loving who is somewhat loving but he's a God who lavishes his love upon us he's giving he's giving all his love whatever uh, he's able to give him he's uh, giving uh, giving to giving to his children and even in this passage we see the son coming back and asking i think only for a bed or maybe recognize me with your servants and give me something that i would be uh, again back to your house but uh, the father gives him much more than what he asked he lavishes his love upon us and that's the very nature of our god that he is he is a god of lavish love of giving more than what we ask for and showing much more than we expect um, uh, the going to the next slide this passage is uh, divided i divided if you see in the ko it has been divided into three sections uh, the first section is on the grieving father and as we i think uh, discussed in uh, last uh, last sermon every parable that jesus taught has very has high significance in terms of the characters and the roles played by each of each of the members in the uh, in the parable and each of the uh, things that are uh, depicted in the parable has significance and very particular the speaker chooses the parable as they narrate the story in the olden days because each of those characters had those importance within uh, within the parable that uh, that uh, that the uh, that the speaker might have uh, said and we see here in the verses uh, 11 to 14 and i'll re i'll be reading from niv and it says that there was a man who had two sons the younger one said father give me my share of estate so he divided the property between them not long after that the younger son got together all he had and set up for a distant country and there he squandered the wealth in wild living and after he had spent everything there was a severe famine that the whole in that whole country and he began to be in need uh, so that he went so went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs he longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything 
And we see the story of the father, maybe imagine a, a son coming to his father and saying that, give me your property, I don't think I should live in this house, give me whatever my share is, and he walks away, and he goes away and squanders his wealth. But we see here the father, as the next, as the next passage goes by, we see the father waiting for his son. And even in our lives, I think the distant country might not be as, as much as we think of this son. A distant country might be something that uh, we are struggling with, uh, something that we get pleasure out of it. And we want to go there and enjoy it and be far from our father. But even when we, when we choose things, the Bible reveals us that God allows us free will. He allows us to sin. He doesn't stop us from sinning because that's where he shows us love. As a father, he doesn't want robots to worship him, but he gives us free will that you can choose. But as we go on sinning, he doesn't, uh, as, uh, he does, he doesn't uh, uh, react in a way that you have gone away, you are good for nothing, I don't care about you, my and your relationship is broken forever. But he grieves for us, he grieves that uh, his son would come back and he is waiting for us, seeing that maybe there is a realization within us and we might come back to him one day and we might be going back to her. So that's the first heart of God that he is a grieving father, a father who grieves when we sin, a father who is waiting that we might uh, have a realization. And I think one thing that uh, as an application that we can take from this first section is we need to have a heart of realization and ask God that we get a heart of realization. You see here uh, the son in the verses 16, he comes to a place or comes to a phase in his life where he thinks, what am I doing in my life? Where I am, what I am, what, what is the purpose of my life? What, uh, my father had everything, but I am not able to enjoy that. And for a Jewish person to think of feeding with pigs is, is quite shameful as such. And that's the realization he realizes. And often, in, often it's said that when we start forming a bad habit, and developing a sin, after a point of time, the conscience uh, gets dead. And you might not realize that it is a sin and it is something that is bad. So ask, maybe one of the applications for us is, as a grieving father is waiting for us to ask God every day that we have a heart that realizes that we are wrong, that we are able to know that when we are doing wrong so that we can come back to him. The second section, the second section of this passage shows us uh, the longing father the father who is longing for us. And if you follow me with this verse in, uh, verses in Luke 15, uh, reading from 17, when he came to census, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and, and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. So that's where we see repentance. Uh, he had a realization he is now going to repent to his father. He has made up his mind. But while he was still a long way away, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Uh, the second nature of God's heart or the father's heart is a longing heart. I think the moment he sees his son as walking to his side, our God runs to us. He, he, he hugs us, he kisses us. And if you notice very carefully here, uh, verses, uh, verses, uh, verses 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long away, 
long way off his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him before the son could even deliver his prepared speech isn't it he had prepared something to say to apologize to his father and maybe seek forgiveness but as soon as he comes his father hugs him kisses him and our god is a god who is not uh, not who is uh, loving us uh, because of our performance because of our uh, uh, because of our uh, uh, because of our performance or we are not able to do anything that we can uh, make him please uh, or uh, desire of his love he shows that even before that he was able to do anything god is love and he is showing his love and that's what i think in the baptism of jesus itself we see isn't it before jesus did any of his miracle before he raised uh, uh, raised the dead before he healed the leper before he walked on water when he comes off after uh, comes up uh, comes out of water for baptism the uh, father god says that this is my son and i am pleased in him god is pleased on us uh, uh, before we do any of the things for him and that's the very nature of god that he is love and i think we deserve a lot from god and which we don't get that is his mercy lot of punishment maybe for the things that we have done for the things of how we behaved but god shows lot of things which we gives lot of things which we don't deserve and that is what is his grace is all about and i think the second real second applications for us from this passage is that uh, when we go uh, first one was realization the second one was repentance when we go to the father we need to repent upon our sins and he is there waiting for us he is there ready to ready for us ready for us to be coming back to his face and he is ready for us to accept uh, to be accepted back into his house and the last uh, last uh, uh, passage last passage of this is uh, the rejoicing father we see in the end uh, end of this verses uh, verses 22 onwards but the father said to his servant quick bring the best robe put it on him put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet bring the fattened calf and kill it let's have a feast and celebrate the father doesn't say that when he comes to his place okay get washed up let's talk at dinner i think that's how some of us react isn't it when some something as a earthly father uh, we don't celebrate something which has gone totally against and that's the very nature of god whatever state that you are in when you come back to him and repent of your sins god is able to restore you to his uh, former glory to to what uh, what uh, what his uh, plans are for his child and we see uh, there are three th- important things mentioned here he gives him a robe robe is a sense of identity we see robe importance of robe i think joseph had a robe prepared by jacob in old testament he restores his identity then we see he gives him his sandals and that sandals is a sign of dignity in olden days only the slaves used to roam around without sandals and god specifically says that he gave him sandals and the third thing is his authority as a, in olden days uh, kings used to sign things uh, using the signet of their ring and god gives back him his authority as well so when you repent or when we repent god is able to restore back us to his uh, former glory and for the things that he has plans for us and i think that is this uh, beautiful verse in zephaniah a chapter which is a book which we might not often quote from but this is this verse which says that the lord your god is with you the mighty warrior who saves he will be he will take great delight in you in his love 
will no longer rebuke but will rejoice over you with singing a god whose character and almighty god who is mighty whose character itself is love who is love is rejoicing over us with singing isn't that marvelous to think that god is rejoicing over a human being a, a creature which is mortal and that is i think the importance of a father who is different from an earthly father a father who might we might be missing uh, here on earth many of us might not have had the experience of a loving father or a father uh, we might have lost a father recently but god is reminding us today maybe in this father's day that he is a father who is able to restore you who is longing for you and when you are going astray he is grieving for you um, before we go to the next slide let me uh, give a context to what i'll be reading <clears throat> And as I end, I think I feel, uh, in, in 1999, a young pastor named uh, Barry Adams uh, wrote, this in, uh, wrote this amazing uh, uh, article, which since then has been published in over 125 languages and has been blessings to many orphans and many people who have lost their fathers at a young age. And this uh, letter or this article is called uh, The Father's Love, and you can find it on internet. I've taken just a snippet from the first uh, first uh, half of this letter and each of Bible verses in Old Testament and New Testament have been arranged as a father's love letter for us and I'll be reading uh, reading it for you uh, father's love letter my child you may not know me but I know everything about you I know when you sit down when you rise up I am familiar with all your ways even the very hairs on your head are numbered for you were made in my image in me you live and move and have your being, for you are my offsprings. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live, and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misinterpreted by many by those who don't know me i am not distant and angry but i am a complete expression of love and it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and i am your father i offer you more than your earthly father ever could for i am the perfect father every good gift that you receive comes from my hand for i am your provider and i meet all your needs my plans for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sands of the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. Love, you are dead, almighty God. What a great assurance, isn't it, on Father's Day, that we have a God who loves with an everlasting love, who is not judgmental, who is not judging when we come back to him with repented heart, who is not uh, accusing us, who is there even when our earthly fathers may be absent, even where, even when we live in a house which might be abusive, a uh, uh, house, a father who might be performance-based, but here's a dad, a perfect example of a dad who's there always for us, who's there, uh, whose love uh, is there, uh, not, not based on any performance, but he is love in himself, that he is there for us. And maybe this Father's Day, that's what God says to us, that I am the perfect example of Father that you need to have a reference of, and not an earthly Father that you might, uh, who might be lagging in some terms. And as we close our, shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord in prayer? 
And as we reflect upon this verse, maybe I'll uh, take a moment and ask you to reflect upon the word see. The word see in the first John 3, uh, we read the word see and experience what lavishly God has loved us, how lavishly God has loved us. And a God who is full of love, who is full of uh, everything that you might have asked for, is the assurance that we need to have in, on this Father's Day, that whatever that we might be going through, or we might be missing, or we might be living in a difficult place, we have a Father who is always there for us, an assurance whom we can cling to. And maybe that's what we need to remember this Father's Day as we, as we reflect upon this sermon. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for reminding once again a perfect Father that you are and who is there for us, irrespective of our shortcomings, you are there. If we repent, of our, repent upon our sins, if we are confessing our sins, you are ready to forgive us and restore us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for grieving over us when we go astray. When we are in sin, you are eagerly waiting for us to return, Lord. Lord, we thank you for reminding us from your word today of how important a father's role is in our society, in our, in, our, in our world, that we need to ensure that we have good role models at homes in, in society where children can look up to and, and, and cling to the hope that the fathers provide, Lord. Lord, we ask for this church as well, Lord, let many more empowering dads from this, arise from this church so that our society, our church, and our congregation can glorify your name in the coming days. I commit once again every one of us into your hands. I ask this prayer in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'll invite Sister Wasson.